When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jaybird Watching here with you. It's Craig Borden, your host, as always, me. And I also have my good buddy and friend of South of the Six, Adam Corsair. How's it going, buddy? Oh, not bad, man. This is a uh, a rare November Blue Jays type of day, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, there you go. I know you're usually focused on your Toronto Raptors, and that's basically all you've been on for the last, what, month? <laughs> At the moment, yeah. It's the, uh, it's the thing that's been uh, taking over my life outside of my family but uh you know when when the blue jays are hibernating it's sort of the uh the only thing i have so yeah they definitely have moved south for the winter into the arizona fall league and all that kind of good stuff here but yep. we do have that rare thing coming up this week that we have the rule five draft solidifying for the uh, 40-man rosters coming up this tuesday i believe um and as far as that goes uh, we're already starting to see the uh, wonderful you know fruits of what's going to be coming possibly for that 40-man roster as the blue jays cement it um, today, the news is that Elesmus Diaz has been traded to the Houston Astros for a young pitcher for the uh, Houston Astros named Trent Thornton. And in all reality, this is, I think both teams are getting what they need in this situation. I'll let you take the Blue Jays portion of this, but I'll give a quick uh, Astros point of view. They just lost Marwin Gonzalez to free agency, and they don't want to pay for him, it seems. So you're yeah. bringing a guy like Elesmus Diaz? Boom, you got a guy that can cover a lot of the infield and be nicely paired, especially after last season where they had such trouble at shortstop between uh, Correa getting hurt and then Bregman getting hurt for a little bit. So I can see why the Astros made this move. So do you want to dive in on the Blue Jays' point of view here, Adam? Well, when you have a guy like Diaz on the Blue Jays, it's sort of a situation of redundancy, right? There's so much infield depth on this team. And that is something that I haven't said about the Blue Jays in I don't know how long. Ever. Um, yeah, okay, fine, ever. I was trying to be generous, but if you want to be blunt I'll about be it, great. Jerk. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, this fills an area of need for them. Uh, starting pitching is something that they desperately need, especially back-end starting pitching. And from what I'm reading, uh, this Thornton kid has the potential to be the number five starter for this team. I don't know that I want to hedge my bets on that quite yet, uh, I haven't really seen much footage of him. I've seen his delivery, which is awkward, but you know that doesn't really stop me from thinking that he could be a solid piece from this team. But you know he's young; he's 25 years old. Uh, last year, he pitched in AAA. He has never pitched in the major league level. That's something to be of note. But he, the highest he's pitched in the AAA level for the Grizzlies, uh, he had an ERA of 4.42. That's not great. But when you're talking a back end starting. Uh, uh, sorry, we're talking a back-end pitcher for the rotation. It's not bad either. You know, you kind of want that guy to go five, maybe six innings and then call it a day. So if this kid can unlock something, uh, I don't see it as a loss for the Blue Jays. Again, this, uh, from what I'm reading, he's hitting 95 on the gun. Uh, his top speed so far has been 97. They say he's got a solid curveball. 
Um, whatever. If, if that's what he can contribute to this team, I can't see it as a bad move for the Blue Jays. It's a quality arm, and I'll even give you one. I love the fact that you pointed out the 4.42 ERA, but that was also in the Pacific Coast League. That is a known hitter-friendly ballpark right. league. It's not like he's playing up here near closer to us in the International League in AAA, where the ballparks are a little bit more friendly to pitchers or at least even-keeled, I would say. Um, I've been in a few of those ballparks, and they are tiny. <laughs> They're launching yeah. pans, especially out in the desert there in some of those ballparks, Fresno being one of those ones. Um that might be the same as, I honestly, here on Baseball Reference, they do show out his Arizona Fall League, and I honestly think that's probably a route where his ERA would be right around four in a uh, normal situation out of the Pacific Coast League of throughout those innings. In the Arizona Fall League, he's been playing for Scottsdale, who is, um, he's thrown 15 and two-thirds innings, and he struck out 20. That's pretty impressive, I think, regardless of that 4.02 ERA that we were just alluding to there, and it... From what I was reading through the scouting reports, um, some of these guys on Baseball America, they pointed out that they he's get, getting hits on people he should be getting out. And mm. it's kind of like one of those almost like bad luck baffling things that they couldn't believe that that you know, was giving up hits on those kind of pitches and things like that. So it more or less read to. <laughs> yeah. So and that's the difference between you know success or failure in baseball. He's got a 50-50 shot of something weird happening once he throws that ball into the, into the hitter. And maybe this is just one of those things that he figures out, like that you, like you said, Adam, that next step and becomes lights out. Yeah, and even if he doesn't uh, reach this level of back end of the rotation for the Jays, there's nothing to say that he couldn't be a quality bullpen arm. Remember, like bullpen arms are sort of a dime a dozen, and if he sort of establishes his footing in that regard, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like I said, this this isn't a bad trade for the Blue Jays whatsoever. I know a lot of people are. I don't want to say discouraged, but they're not hyped about it because it's sort of a no-name. And I know the uh, I, either the manager or the GM for the Astros said, like, a lot of people were vying for this kid. I don't know. To me, that seems like coach speak. That seems... Uh, yeah, talking uh, up a little bit. Yeah, you know, like, sell your assets while they're high. But uh, as we mentioned before we started recording, that's exactly what the Blue Jays did with Diaz. Um, right. You know, like... It, like I said, they have all this depth up the middle, and that's not even like coming to mind someone like <clears throat> Troy Tulowitzki, you know, still on this team. There's still a yeah, lot exactly. of depth on this team. Um, so, no, I, I think that if the Blue Jays are successful in their scouting reports, which typically they are, um, it's not a bad signing. And if this kid can provide some, even if it's just a depth piece, right, even if he just solidifies a rotation in AAA, awesome because that what that does it mitigates any potential injuries that the rotation can uh or maybe will experience and they have this guy to supplement the load there's nothing wrong with this trade yeah and that's going to be the blue jays wonderful thing going in here if they don't get somebody to eat up some of those veteran level innings at the major league level you're going to need guys like thornton here and that's exactly what this trade was just fill up the top end of the blue jays minor league system with some good talent arms there's plenty coming. We've all seen what Nate Pearson has done in the Arizona Fall League because he's been literally lights out. A couple bad innings really inflated his ERA, but he's been just blowing people away. And I wonder how much of this was the Blue Jays saw Thornton pitching in the Arizona Fall League, and that was the last tipping point that goes, you know what, we should really go after this kid. And selling high on somebody like Elesmus Diaz, perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is anybody going to miss Diaz, really? Like, that's not to say that I'm going to, you know, not acknowledge his contributions to the team, but it, it wasn't, he wasn't a, a 
big or important or essential piece moving forward, right? It was just sort of like a fill-in. And these are bridge years. These are rebuild years. And you'd rather have the upside with uh, a prospect than someone like Alonimus Diaz moving forward. Or at least just that's how I see it. No, I agree with you 100%. You got, um, right now you would have had running into opening day, Alonimus Diaz, Troy Tulowinski, and Loris Gurriel Jr. probably buying for shortstop. Yeah. I really don't see how Gurriel Jr. is not going to run away with that job, especially with the wonderfully encouraging <laughs> Atkins interview about Troy Tulowinski the other day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. wasn't shocked to hear those words being so uh, danced around by our you know general manager of the Blue Jays, but... It is what it is. I and you got somebody like Diaz that would would take away innings from somebody like Les, or um, Loris Gurriel Jr. And I really think you got to prop him out there, and he proved that he can play Major League Baseball. You got to let him play. So what do you do with Diaz at that point? Exactly, it's a movable piece. Um, you want Gurriel to get all the reps that he possibly can, and let's not forget this isn't this isn't even acknowledging the aspect of Bo Bichette, right? I know there's been some talk about having him uh, dance around the infield to try to get him. Uh, maybe at second base, I heard that being talked about. But, you know, like I said, there's a lot of depth in this team, a lot of depth in the farm in the infield positions. There isn't a minus first base, as, you know, we talked about before the show. There wasn't a lot of pitching depth. There just isn't. And so anything you can do to rebuild that and how important and essential pitching depth is to any team, I like it. I like the move. Yeah, and I honestly think that, you know, we, we touched on this when we were just chit-chatting before the show, that this is the uh, calm before the storm, I think. The Blue Jays have a lot of depth that they're trying, trying to juggle right now before the Tuesday deadline of the uh, locking in everything for the 40-man roster to see who's protected anyways for the uh, Roll 5 draft. And there is a lot of good names on this list that people are going to be, you know, at least people like you and I that have at least enough knowledge of what's going on in the minor leagues, but a couple of these guys are guys we just traded key assets for, and a few of them are guys that had really resurgent good seasons for the Toronto Blue Jays. Right now, Shai Davidi is thinking that Hector Perez, Patrick Murphy, and Yesney Diaz are taking three of the four remaining spots, which are now five in all technicality because of this <laughs> trade. Um, I believe the ruling on the whole trade is now this guy is instantly protected because we traded for him. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I think that's how it works. I'm not sure. I hope somebody can tweet us in and tell us we're all wrong. But (laughs) after this show, hit us up at BirdWatchingGC. (laughs) Um, But the other guys, there's some really good names on this list that are possible guys that might be left out for anybody to swipe during the Rule 5 draft. And in all reality, even our general manager has come out and said, this is probably going to happen during the Rule 5 draft and the winter meetings. We're going to lose somebody, but they don't know who, obviously, that is going to be. I have one bet if, if they don't, then we talked about. But Jordan Romano, John Harris, Forrest Wall, who we just acquired, along with Jake Watchback, Corey Coping, Kevin Bakuna, and Max Pentecost are the next big names on that line. And a lot of those guys are former number one you know, round draft picks. Yeah, yeah, and the name that I think will jump out in front of everyone's eyes is Max Pentecost because, you know, this is a guy that's been touted and highly uh, regarded in the system for quite some time. Yeah, he had an off year. I think it was two years ago he had the off year. Um, But he's sort of coming back, and we've talked about this too, that first base depth. It's not really present, so it kind of confuses me as to why he would be inserted in this Rule 5 draft. To me, that's just, it's kind of odd. Yeah, and um, after especially uh, as the New Hampshire Fisher Cats went for the you know gold here, he was one of the main contributors down the uh, 
the line. He was batting almost 400 for the second half of the season this year. His, uh, right. His normal line you would see on BaseballReference.com does not exactly call out the fact that he had the most illustrious season batting 253. <laughs> but um, when you break it down into first and second half, I've, I'm trying to look it up right now and scrape here for it. Um, it was insane difference. And when I saw those numbers as somebody was tweeting them out the other day, I couldn't believe it. I, it to me, he's, he's, he's a sure thing. You've got to find a way to lock him up. Otherwise, bad things, man. Yeah, he's going to get scooped quick. Especially from the guy that drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, and that's a, maybe this can lead into a different talking point, but like, Anthopolis is, it certainly seems like he's eyeing a lot of Blue Jays players, or ex-Blue Jays players, or what have you. So like, yeah, I, I, it would not surprise me if that was the case. Especially his guys. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he considered uh, Max Pentecost one of his guys. So... Yeah, it would not shock me one bit if he turned around and uh, just grabs him, especially knowing the fact that he could be a first baseman at some point, too, or play somewhere else. I honestly don't see it, his athletic ability being a problem in the outfield either. But just to give you the wonderful, I did finally find some of his stats. Basically, he finishes the month of July at completely bullseye average for a, a, major, or a minor league hitter, right? And then he turns around and he only has four or three games in the month of August where he didn't collect at least one hit. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a little bit more of a standout figure than uh, just telling yeah. you the batting average. <laughs> yeah. And in a lot of those games, he was driving in runs, too. So there's one, two, seven games where he, didn't, he failed to drive in an RBI in the whole month of August. That's, yeah. That's so, a blip, man. Yeah, that is the the switch clicked, and yeah. I think a lot of that was probably he finally got to the point where he was comfortable catching every other day, and he could focus on hitting again. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, like this is what happens though. Like when you have a lot of uh, depth in your in your in your farm system, something's gonna have to give, and something's gonna have to go. And they're gonna, there's going to be a name that you don't want to let go of that's gonna end up moving. Um, it's unfortunate, but I, I don't know. Like, I guess fingers crossed that's the only thing we can really do at this point. Oh, yeah, and that's why exactly why we're having this conversation about Lesmus Diaz in first place being out of the picture here. It was just, he was an easy move. Yeah. It makes yeah. you wonder how many more people on this 40-man roster are going to uh, turn into those guys, because I have a few guys that I might just say peace out to. <laughs> do you really see Mark Leiter Jr. sticking with this team uh, until Tuesday? Is like... I think technically they didn't offer him an option, so he's got to go somewhere. Yeah, and there are there are other players too that wouldn't surprise me if they got moved as well, and they're bigger names. Um, I, I know today there was a report that said that the Blue Jays aren't quote unquote seriously uh, discussing moving Marcus Stroman. Would Not it really surprise you? <laughs> yeah, would it, uh, maybe they're jokingly do it, but seriously, <laughs> like it, do you, would it surprise you? If, there was some sort of move regarding Marcus Stroman. Um, someone else also mentioned, uh, I guess it was a hot take on their behalf, but they said, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Stroman and Pilar being moved in a package. And honestly, like even if it's not in a package, even if it's individually, it wouldn't surprise me if either of those players are moved. Like, I, I do see sort of a shakeup um, with this team because you, know, you're, you have a new manager in place, you have sort of a, a, a re-examination of this team from the front office, uh, they're going to shake it up. It, it's, it might be to a lot of people's uh, you know, emotional dismay, but 
in order to improve your team, things like this have to happen. So it really wouldn't surprise me if more bodies were moved, especially like in the higher, more recognizable names. Yeah, and there's a bunch of guys on here too that I wouldn't be surprised are just left open to designating for assignment. Um, the like the Dalton Pompey controversy. <laughs> You yeah, know, um, is he going to be stuck on this forty-man roster come Tuesday? I'd be hard pressed to say it. As much as I love Dalton Pompey and I really wish he would have been healthy enough to get a good shot with this team, he's a uh, toss him to the wind and see what happens. He's in all reality, I think he's going to land in Buffalo to begin with. Mm. So mm. then there's also in that same category of the Dwight Smith Juniors of the world, who I also like, but they're not standout huge names. Are you really going to hold on to Richard Urania over somebody like we were talking with Guriel Jr. taking shortstop? Right. Or maybe those are the guys that might be the throw-in pieces to the trades here or traded for other minor league pieces to other teams to fill up their 40-man rosters before the um, draft here. But there's a lot of fun going on here, and I think it's going to be a good conversation with everything is I really wouldn't be shocked if this Lesmus Diaz piece is the first part Maybe even today, tomorrow, <laughs> you know, and on Monday might be pure mayhem right before everything goes here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, but this is sort of what uh, fans of the Blue Jays need, right? It, it's it. This season ended on such a low note, and uh, you know all the the circumstances surrounding it. We don't have to rehash it, but um, they sort of need a breath of fresh air, right? They sort of need uh, a new identity, and and they're certainly moving in that direction. As I mentioned, the. Uh, the new management of the team like it, it's going to be something that we haven't really recognized before and to have these sort of discussions in november no less like it's it's sort of uh, i like it it's it's i mean when's the last time something huge happened in these uh these months of of off-season baseball for the Blue Jays in recent memory. It hasn't really happened, you know? So maybe uh, Charlie Montonio has something up his sleeve, and he knows this team. He's evaluated them, and obviously I trust his judgment more than I do. And then we have Atkins and Shapiro. Like, it, it, there's there's a whole mess of things that come into play here. So I, I don't know. I, I, I It's exciting, and I'm sort of like whatever it takes kind of situation. I am not married to any of these players right now in terms of uh, my loyalty to them. So whatever it takes to make uh, this team better, minus Vladimir Guerrero Jr., don't touch him. <laughs> but whatever yeah, it takes, definitely. go for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, so and all, on that note, we also have a new hitting coach that I'm desperately looking to find out his name at the moment, seeing we're talking Blue Jays news here. But the whole, you said it right there, The everything is changing, all, everything is good as far as it can be. And I really don't see this team being as big of a struggle as everybody's been calling it out to be. This is just one of the first pieces of the puzzle are starting to finally fall here. And we're going to, I think, reap the benefits of it. There's good prospects coming. Once these prospects hit, it's that, that much easier to turn around and spend money. Absolutely. The, the name you're looking for is Guillermo Martinez. There you um, go. Yeah, he's a new hitting coach for the Jays. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, look, I don't have high expectations for this team for the year of 2019. I just don't. And th maybe that's, like, sort of discouraging to people that are listening. It shouldn't be. Like, it, it should uh, just remind you that this team has a little bit more to go. Like, especially with new management uh, and new coaches on this team, a certain amount of chemistry has to develop and a certain amount of... Uh, uh, familiarity needs to develop and once that does once that clicks and this team is fully formed because i don't think for one minute we're talking about moves right we're talking about players that could be on the fritz here this team isn't fully formed like we still don't have a stable core of players quite yet like it's building towards that 
but there are still some questionable pieces that we have on this team. Once that happens, right, once we have a solid group of, of players that form the Blue Jays' identity, then we can sort of look and say, okay, th- this team might just end up cruising. But 2019 is another one of these uh, bridge gap years that, unfortunately, I see. But that's not to discourage anybody. Of course, you want to see this team develop from the get-go. But I, I, my expectations just aren't really that high. Yeah, it's a wild card. And, yeah. But it, I really I don't think everybody gives anybody in the front office enough credit to how they've been piecing this team together. And they had to piece it together. I think the biggest problem they did was they were saying we were going to compete the last two years at the major yeah. league level. But yeah. you've seen it. We had two championship-level teams in the Meyer Leagues, it's coming. It's going to happen, and period. It's going to hit. <laughs> yeah, it has to, right? It, I don't for see their how sakes, it couldn't. It There's just too yeah. much saturation of good talent. Our ceiling is incredibly high, and I'm, even if you took Vlad out of this conversation, I still feel like I'd have this much confidence in the Meyer League system seeing him firsthand like I have. It's not good behind him, and he's just the front brunt of assault. That's the once-in-a-generation type player. And then you have solid, everyday, normal prospects after him. Yeah, I but I really it's... feel like that's the way it is at this point. So, Yeah, but it's good to have a guy like Vlad. Oh, right? it definitely <laughs> doesn't hurt, and I wouldn't betray yeah. his, his ass or anything in the world right now. I agree. Uh, the guy freaking did nothing but dominate the Arizona Fall League and guys that are like three, four years older than him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Hey, hey, look, it's... I wouldn't expect him until maybe May. I know that's like much to the dismay of him in his uh, his representation. I know I, I don't know if they still plan on challenging that, but hey, that's the rules that are you know uh, regarding. You challenge it. I don't think they have as big a leg to stand on as they, they would hope. The rules are the rules, and other teams have done it. Unless yeah, the rules it, of baseball change, I'm sorry. It's gonna every team's gonna take advantage of it, no matter who it, the player is. Yeah, and like it, although he's such a a, a game changing talent. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from him. This is just how, like, you protect your assets. And unfortunately, like, that's what he is to the Blue Jays, right? I'm not saying, I'm not trying to disavow his personhood here, but, like, he is an asset to this team that you want to have someone like that for as long as possible. And if that means, like, triggering an extra year of service time, then whatever. I'll wait the month, and uh, then we can just see him rake. It's fine with me. The Blue Jays have the worst poker face going on with the best hand right now in baseball. Right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, did anybody buy that? No, this has nothing to do with service time. No, it, it had everything to do with service time. Oh, be- I could get a reason to about it, too. I do agree that they probably did want him to develop at the minor league level, and you could see him hanging out in the dugout in the Arizona Fall League with Stubby Clab just even learning how to sing out Canada, which was hilarious <laughs> and awesome, by the way. <laughs> you know, I, I really, there is something to it, but I, that is a good 60% of that argument, I would yes. imagine. So. Yeah. And once I just think that him having the character that Vlad has shown is just going to carry that much better into baseball now, even over our Major League Baseball period. Watching him, he just looks like a big kid out there, and I love every minute of it. <laughs> oh, I mean, he is a big kid, really. Like if you think of it, he's yeah, still but young. Like the so. goof around level of like a Ken Griffey Jr. or something. Oh yeah, like that it's, I he reminds me of that kind of a person. So I just you can tell he loves being out there every minute of this, doing exactly what he does best, and. It's great. As far as I haven't seen somebody that loves the game as much as him, maybe a sense Prince Fielder. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? That same thing, ambassador of the game type deal. It's going to be great to see uh, Vlad finally get a shot in the big leagues because now there's going to be a certain amount of media attention uh, heading up north to see him play, right? And we haven't seen that in a long time. We haven't seen that since maybe the playoffs two, three years ago. 
Um, so uh, obviously he's in hi- he's a highly touted prospect. He's well known around baseball. Like it's not just Blue Jays fans that are waiting for this guy to to come up to the plate. It, a lot of people are outside of Blue Jays fanhood. So if you know, once you have that sort of media attention on your team, maybe that sort of gravitates other players to come to your team and to make the uh, setting in Toronto a little bit more attractive. So, like, the, the sky's the limit once Vladimir Guerrero Jr. starts to click with this team. Yeah, exactly. It's that cultural phenomenon that you might get, like having almost like a Cal Ripken ambassador of the game playing for right. a game in Toronto. Not only yep. are, is it going to make baseball great, it's going to make baseball in Toronto even that much more fun and better. It's... It's a nice domino effect. And then you got all, like I said, the other rest of the talent that can just reap the benefits of having all these good things going on in the city of Toronto for baseball. For the first time at that kind of a level around one player, I don't remember this kind of hype being around like Delgado when he came up or even Holiday. You know, the greats of our organization. I just can't remember it. It, maybe it's just because I got burned so many times with the Ken Huckabees and J.P. Aaron Sebias of the world. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't remember anybody ever coming out of the minor league system with this kind of hype for a Toronto player. Well, you know, not to speak ill of the dead here, but Halliday certainly had uh, his woes when he first started with the team and he got sent back down. So, like, expectations were rather low with Halliday. So um, the only one that I can think of that it's within the system that we – touted highly in recent memory maybe it was brett wallace before we traded him away to houston otherwise i i can't remember as well yeah at least we know that somebody's gonna hit unlike brett wallace <laughs> yes yes <laughs> he ended up coming back somehow so i know it was the six degrees from kevin bacon fun man yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but other than that the blake i said the blue jays have a new hitting coach here and the rest of the management team appears to be filling out I think it's funny that you're going to really appreciate the article I'm piecing together for South of the Six or centering around the, why is Pete Walker still here? <laughs> <laughs> last I checked, we didn't have the best pitching staff in the baseball last year, and usually the pitching coach is the one that takes the hit for that. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> well, hold on. Let me, I, I will say that I appreciate everything you do for South of the Six, even if it's just three words on a piece of paper and you send it in. I appreciate everything you do. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a mystery to me. Um, I'm sure that domino will fall soon. It usually does happen when a new coaching staff comes in. Uh, you know, the old regime tends to go out. So it really wouldn't surprise me. And that's something that they desperately need to address. Yeah, and just from everything I've been reading right now, it's unofficially official. I guess would be the best way of saying that Luis Rivera and Pete Walker are returning. But like uh-huh. I said, that's the quote-unquote unofficial official. <laughs> uh-huh. I, sh- right now, the article I'm looking at right now for um, Martinez getting hired, it says Mar- Martinez joins the staff. That also includes Dave Huggins, who just got hired and uh, as a new first base coach. Our bench coach, they are looking for a first base coach, but all have Luis Rivera and coach Pete Walker returning. Well, I mean, maybe, WD, but I, like I said, maybe it's just that's the news as now. Maybe he's just a really good interview. You know, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I, I love Pete Walker, and I honestly think he's a good pitching coach. I just really think that with all these young players coming in, it's just time for a change type thing. And knowing that Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman have struggled the last two years just seems like that would be needed. Or maybe that's the reason to keep them. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, you mentioned something interesting there. Um, 
Actually, you mentioned two things interesting there regarding the youth and, uh, you know, Marcus Stroman and Sanchez. I think regarding Sanchez, like, it's sort of, like, mishaps and unfortunate situations that caused his... But whereas Stroman, I feel like it's a bit more mechanical with him. Um, But piggybacking off this whole youth uh, thing, uh, I think it really... I mean, like, I know this is sort of, like, late, but, like... I don't know. Do you think Montoyo is the guy for the job? Like, I really like him as a person. I liked his interview. I liked his introduction. But, like, I I just thought they were going to go somewhat younger. I I thought Baldelli was kind of a lock. I kind of thought that was, too. I'm actually kind of glad they went with Montoyo a little bit better because um, the fact that he is the new school, old school blend. I I am one of those people, I love metrics and statistics and everything, but I'm the... Like, if you sat down and watched the movie Trouble with the Curve with Clint Eastwood, I, there's got to be something to be said for a person that just has the this, this sight, the sound of what is good for a Major League Baseball player. And right. I think that is the argument for bringing in somebody like Montoyo that has a little bit more experience. He did all those great things with the minor league, you know, managing for the Tampa Bay's organization and everything like that. And he knows you can work with kids. He uses the ma- the uh, mathematics and everything to offset what he else he knows and i think that's the way it should be in baseball not one way or the other too much but you know pick your battles kind of thing and yeah. i think you can do that yeah i don't disagree it's just it's one of those things that uh i was just i don't know i thought they maybe the twins kind of uh were a bit more aggressive in their pursuits of baldelli mm-hmm. i just thought that maybe montoyo was the one b to the one a of baldelli in terms of what uh atkins and shapiro wanted from for a manager. Yeah. After the news broke that they, he randomly interviewed, I kind of assumed that he was going to be the one to win it. it yeah. It's just one of those things that seemed too well-timed. Where did he come from? Why is this the dark horse all of a sudden? It just seemed like it was going to fall that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Rays, uh, their development of players is nothing to laugh at. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the case. That probably had a huge influence on it. Yeah, and they needed somebody that knows how to develop talent at the major league level. No offense to Gibby or not, but that's not where his strengths slide in. That's why the Blue Jays minor league system has the eclectic, wonderful group of talent that they have as coaches all throughout, including a few ex-Blue Jay players, and Devon White and Pat Hankin randomly roam in the minor leagues, and along with mm-hmm. Alomar. So it's good stuff. I really think that they've been handling the young youngsters properly through the Myers, but now that they're getting to the major league level, you needed somebody like Montoyo, and some of these under, you know, bringing in, Martinez and uh, company also to take over. It sounds like he's getting his guys together that know that can handle those minor league players as well. Yeah, and like I said, I'm cool with it. Don't get me wrong. Like I, yeah. I, I don't dislike the signing. I just well, I was interested to see if you thought that uh, maybe this was sort of a, a consolation prize uh, for Blue Jays management. But like, even if that's the case, I'm not saying it is. But yeah. even if that's the case, I do enjoy and do like the hiring. And it's very encouraging, especially after his uh, his presser. I thought he he's very well spoken. He's very humble. That's something that I noticed as well. He's very humble, and that bleeds through his personality. So uh, when you have a guy like that as the leader of your clubhouse, I, I think only good things can come. Yeah, I think um, he's going to lead example and that lead by example really well in that dugout with these young kids, and I think that's going to carry some really good weight with them, you know, especially some of these guys that might not have, you know, maybe I should spend an extra day in the gym or, or a week or, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. You see the coach, you know, giving you good props for doing well, you want to work well to that. And I think he's that exact kind of worker. I think that'll work. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I said, it's going to be a very interesting year of 2019 because it's almost like if you blink, you missed it, right? This is a brand new Blue Jays team that will probably look dramatically different from uh, what Blue Jays fans that have hopped on the bandwagon in 2015. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but those that have hopped on the bandwagon in 2015 probably aren't familiar with. So like having fresh faces and seeing what they're able to do and watching them develop and improve, I don't know, something to me that's, that's very compelling. Yeah, all those millennials that happen to be clicking on this on Twitter or Facebook, Switch, Stitcher, or anything like that that we're on, we're, we're happy to have you, and we're not, we're not, please do not ever think that we're deterring you. We just know that you no. haven't lived through the wonderful Angry Bird Jays that we have oh. and all that kind of stuff. This is unfortunately the normal rhetoric for the Toronto Blue Jays fans in this time of year. And that's just how it is. It's we haven't. We're not major, major market as far as money's concerned. We could be. They never seem to throw full into it. But as far as all that goes, this is how Blue Jays baseball has been. Bring the play, bring prospects around, and then let's spend some money, and then hopefully get to the playoffs. And it's worked twice in the last five years, so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, rinse, wash, repeat, Craig. That's exactly, my friend. So anyway, I don't want to keep this too long here because I've been. Our fans have seemed to be enjoying these quick car ride shows. So, okay. <laughs> um, what's going on with you uh, at South of the Six, Adam? Go ahead and plug your stuff. Uh, well, right now it's like as you mentioned at the top of the at the jump of the show. It's it's all Raptors right now. Um, the Blue Jays news, it, uh, unlo- un- sorry, unlike today, has been somewhat slow. So uh, Raptors are reeling. Uh, covering the Raptors, we just recorded a podcast on the Raptors today. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, you know the deal. Follow us on Twitter and hit up com for everything. There will be Blue Jays content, I promise. There will be a lot more Blue Jays content, especially with the winter meetings coming up, managers meeting, everything. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, I told you about the wonderful presser I'm working on here. <laughs> yep, there you go. See? Uh, we'll see how that goes here as I have some time around my wonderful fun with podcasting last minute. And thank you very much for responding to this last minute. Apparently I just caught you in podcast land today, huh, bud? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? I just finished editing the show, and you text me. I'm like, ah, I got my microphone in front of me. What are, yeah, let's sure. do it. Let's go. Rip yeah. it out. <laughs> I'm down. Well, Adam, it's always a pleasure talking with you, my friend, and I'm glad you were able to uh, jump on. Um, make sure you ma- click on us. Uh, all of Adam's stuff is, you know, he's going to have regular on this show. As he loves, loves to do the live shows with me during the uh, regular season, too, that all of you will get to jump back into once we get back into baseball time. But we're um, now with this on everything. Uh, that I can think of. We just got Stitcher Radio uh, for Jade Bird watching the other day, and uh, we're hoping to get SoundCloud on top of all the iTunes, Google Play, da 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 da, everything else. There's too many to list at this point on the show. I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> no, it's all good. So, and then the other fun part is where um, Adam, do you have anybody that's looking to jump on a random show? We're hunting for our fan show next. Uh, so, what we're doing with these is every month I'm trying to get a Blue Jays fan that we can just talk about your wonderful fandom as a Blue Jays fan, and I'll interview just like anybody else on this show. It's a nice, fun time. We had one with Alicia Legg of uh, Newfoundland a couple weeks ago, and it was a really nice show. So, fans listening, jump in on this and hit us up on at Birdwatching on Twitter, and we'll go from there. Thank you very much, everybody. Adam, thanks again. No, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. we are out of here. Go Blue Jays. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.